coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Ryan, over there is Matt. This is the week nine edition of the podcast, fellas. So we thought we were in mid-season form, mid-season mode, I guess, and it'd be a good time to take a look at some of the predictions that we made earlier this season, take a look at some of the buys and sells that we've done throughout the first half of the season. Week 9 was a pretty good one for a lot of fantasy owners. Big games from Russell Wilson, Kenyon Drake, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett. The list goes on and on. Matt, how'd Week 9 treat you to this point? I don't really want to talk about it. (laughs) The Packers, uh, I don't even know what to say, Dan. We were talking before we started recording, and you're right, they did it themselves. But this, I, I, didn't, I didn't expect them to win out or anything, but I definitely didn't expect this week to the Chargers to be a loss. Yes, that was ugly. But professionally, Matt, you're supposed to put that aside when we start recording. <laughs> <laughs> I already on, have. I, I forgot it. <laughs> when have I ever been called a professional? <laughs> you said it, not me. Ryan, how about you? How did Week 9 treat you? Uh, yeah, it wasn't much better for, for professional reasons. I guess I could say it, it was, it was a rough fantasy week for me. I had, had, had some Russell Wilson, but not many of those other guys. So yeah, lots of big scores. I, it felt like fantasy in general, the leagues as, as scoring was up. I looked at my scores around my leagues and, and felt like they returned to normal after a couple of weeks that were kind of down in my opinion. Um, and there were some big showings, you know, players that hit the 40-point mark, weak-winning guys. Like you guys, I didn't have enough of them, though. A little bit of Wilson. I'm not a Mike Evans guy. I wasn't fortunate to get Christian McCaffrey. And Kenyon Drake uh, was on my bench in a couple of places. So that did not help me. What did help, though, was reviewing some of these predictions that we made earlier this season, guys. We made a lot of really good ones, and we're going to cover those along with some of the stinkers. We'll start with our preseason predictions. We'll review some of these. And I want to start with the rookie of the year conversation that we had at the beginning of the year, guys. Uh, We all took... Kyler Murray is the quarterback rookie of the year. We did it, of course, by position. Some interesting trends since we had that discussion, those guys. Um, are we sticking with Kyler, or is it time to start considering Daniel Jones or maybe even Gardner Minshew for quarterback rookie of the year for dynasty owners? I think I'm I'm pretty easily sticking with Kyler Murray here, um, not only for this year, but for uh, for the long term, for the upside as well, uh, we 
we've definitely seen some flashes from the other two guys, from Jones and Minshew, uh, but I still just don't trust either of them uh, on a weekly basis or or really as a long-term option. I mean, we saw we saw Minshew's game in London and, and immediately followed by uh, talk of a quarterback controversy there and, and maybe him going to the bench. So I, I think it would be hard to argue uh, him as the rookie quarterback of the year, even uh, given his uh, his surprising performance so far. Yeah, I agree. I think we talked about a little bit maybe last week or the week before. I, I wasn't really buying in him as, as him as the franchise quarterback for the Jaguars. And, uh, you know, one bad game, say what you will about it, but I just I just think they're going to go back to Nick Foles. So I don't think you can really pick him. And then Daniel Jones, I mean, he's had flashes, but the, the times he's been good were the same, same times he was good in college, you know, when there wasn't a lot of pressure in his face, not a lot of exotic schemes coming at him. And we've seen him – you know, go through a lot of poor decision-making as they've played better teams. So I, I don't think it's him either. Even though Kyler has been – I don't want to call him a disappointment. He, he hasn't thrown too many touchdown passes this year yet. Uh, but they did have a relatively tough first half of the schedule. They still have San Francisco coming up again, although they did play them tough on Thursday night. Um, so uh, I don't know. It, it just seems like just from a talent standpoint, I'm sticking with Murray here, even though the production maybe isn't what we thought it was uh, up to this point in the season. Yeah, and – you know, I think it's a little bit unfair to be disappointed in Kyler Murray. He has had, you know, at the very least, he's had flashes of brilliance and looked really good in, in spots. And last I checked, he was a top 10 quarterback back end of the top 10 in most scoring leagues. And, and typically we take that out of a rookie quarterback. I know there were high, high hopes for Kyler Murray. Uh, he's obviously my choice as well. I'm not just glancing over Dwayne Haskins, uh, but guys, he didn't look good again today uh, or, or in week nine against Buffalo. That's a tough matchup. He didn't get unleashed, that's for sure. They they certainly were conservative with their play calling, uh, just 22 passes despite playing from behind. seems like Dwayne Haskins has a little ways to go before he's mentioned with these other rookie quarterbacks. Let's move on to running back where, guys, you both, Matt and Ryan, went with Miles Sanders as your rookie running back of the year. I completely ignored him as well as Josh, Josh Jacobs, who should be the running back, rookie running back of the year. And I went with Justin Justice Hill, who has just 18 carries through the first eight weeks. Uh, he, of course, is still to play in Week 9 as we are recording between the late afternoon Sunday games and Sunday night football. Miles Sanders, guys. A pretty good selection. Hasn't really been featured in that offense, though. Fallen behind Jordan Howard on that depth chart. Again, he's had flashes, but there's other rookie running backs to talk about here, right? Yeah, I think I think there's quite quite a few guys to talk about here. I don't hate uh, our pick of Sanders thus far, but as you kind of mentioned there, Dan, it's it's certainly got to be Josh Jacobs, who is the clubhouse leader so far. We saw another big game from him, but I really feel like, and, and it's been mentioned pretty often by, by others in the community, the these rookie running backs are, are really starting to come around. Sanders has picked it up. As of late, uh, Singletary is finally back and healthy and looks like he's taking over that Buffalo backfield. And um, it, it's been tough to trust anyone in Chicago, but uh, if David Montgomery gets the usage we would like for him to, then then he's certainly been producing as well. So 
Uh, I feel really good about all four of those guys, uh, but yeah, it's it's got to be Jacobs moving forward. Yeah, easily Jacobs, uh, not only for from a dynasty standpoint, but also from just the rest of the season standpoint. He's got about like four of out of this next next seven games or so are kind of plus matchups against weaker run defenses. So uh, I'm actually I, I wasn't really I think Ryan and I both were on the same page. We didn't really have him as our number one overall. Uh, but I think he's there now as the 1.01 if we were to redraft today. And honestly, at this point, I think I'm ready to really like I kind of overpay to get him if I have to. Uh, I don't know if I mean, obviously, one first isn't going to get him. Ryan, do you think two first gets Jacob now? You might even have to pay more than that. Yeah, I think you'd have to pay more than that. I mean, we're we're looking at a guy who uh, ADP is, has been a little slow to catch up. Uh, on what his true value is in dynasty leagues, but I think trade value is is a good indication. It's he's he's being valued as probably a top eight running back in dynasty, and and based on what we've seen, that's that's really where he should be. We've seen so many struggles, and we've talked about those. It seems like on a weekly basis from guys that were in that second tier. Uh, so Jacobs is is taking advantage of that, and his value is is really shooting up. I would would not be surprised if. We're sitting here in in December or January and and looking at ADP and talking about him as a first round startup pick. Yeah, that seems like the the path we're on. Some recent trades, including Josh Jacobs, Jacobs and Terry McLaurin straight up for Patrick Mahomes in a single quarterback league. That's an interesting one for sure. Jacobs in a second for Stephon Diggs in a first. Jacobs for Alexander Madison, Latavius Murray, Nikhil Harry, and a pair of second-round picks. Those are all in the last few days. So Jacobs' value is rising, and Ryan, like you said, it's taking a little bit to catch up. It seems to me it's going to cost you multiple firsts, but but if if you're willing to overpay, I don't think that's a bad target to have. Let's move on to rookie wide receiver. This conversation is going to be an interesting one, guys. There's there's been some nice performances that the hot start for Marquise Brown, AJ Brown has has certainly had his ups and downs. When we were making our selections in the preseason, guys, we were all over the map a little bit. Matt, you probably made the safest pick with DK Metcalf. He's certainly made an impact for dynasty owners already. He's certainly a guy that you can have in your lineup. I went with Paris Campbell. Ryan, you went with Keyshawn Johnson. So there's probably a lot of guys we can talk about among this rookie receiver core. Matt, let's start with you. You picked Matt Calf. You're probably pretty happy with that choice to this point. Yeah, he was my wide receiver two in the class, really, uh, you know, in the pre-draft process. And I think he's probably number one uh, right now, currently for me. Um, I don't really think there should be too much argument of that. I think, you know, Nikhil Harry was activated, so we haven't seen him. Maybe we'll be able to see him in, in this evening's game. Uh, we are recording before the, the Sunday night game. Um, so he may come in and make an impact and he could certainly have a, a, a great second half of the year, but it, it seems like Metcalf has really solidified. He's one of those guys. I think that, you know, despite the low volume, uh, you know, maybe not, including today's game against Tampa Bay where he had nine targets. Um, but it, it, even, even then compared to Lockett it was, you know, half of what the, the number of targets that Lockett got. So uh, the volume is still going to be an issue for him just based on the offense and where he's there. But I, I think he's one of those guys who you can almost uh, expect is maybe too strong, but I think he definitely has a shot at a touchdown almost every single week, whether it's using his speed like he did today uh, or, or just as that big target in the red zone. So um, I, I'm really happy with that pick and, and I, I would still have him number one in the class uh, f- for me right now. He really feels 
like he should be at the top of the list. Certainly one of the couple that we would talk about if we're going to have this conversation uh, for for who ends the season as the rookie wide receiver of the year. Before we move on, a couple trades on the trade finder for Metcalf. Really interesting ones. DK Metcalf for Alshon Jeffrey and Devonta Freeman. That is a slam dunk. Very easy one. DK Metcalf straight up for a first in a 12-team PPR league. That one seems like a easy trade to make, depending on where you see that draft pick coming out. And another really interesting one, just in the last couple of days, DK Metcalf and a first to move up to Tyreek Hill. Those are the types of deals that I like to make as well. Ryan, let's talk about your selection, Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, up and down for sure, but certainly more down than up. Your thoughts on Johnson going forward? Yeah, well, he I mean, he obviously has not lived up to to my prediction as, as a potential rookie wide receiver of the year. But I, I just remember when we were going through that exercise, looking at, at the guys who were high in, in rankings and in ADP, and you're talking about Nikhil Harry and, and Metcalf, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel. It seemed, it just seemed like all of those top rookie wide receivers that we were, we were valuing so highly in dynasty uh, were either injured, they were in a, a, a bad situation, or it just didn't look like they were in for 2019 success. So I basically tried to dig a little deeper there for a guy who I thought might see some immediate production. Hasn't really worked out with with Johnson so far. I, I do still like him as a prospect. So I, I kind of feel like the process was correct there, but some of the guys who have produced that would have been in that same range of course Terry McLaurin and Preston Williams those are those deeper guys that uh that would have made me look really smart if I had chosen those two either of those two instead of Keyshawn Johnson yeah McLaurin and and uh Williams were both on my short list of guys to talk about for sure Marquise Brown had that hot hot start and then the injuries kind of caught up to him and I think dynasty owners for the most part are excited for his return, but a little bit leery of this lingering issue uh, with with soft tissue injuries and, and continuing to miss time. That, of course, goes back to his time in college and his small stature. It's a, it's a little bit of a worrisome topic when it comes to Brown and, and Dynasty and his long-term value. A.J. Brown, on the other hand, the complete op- opposite, looks like a monster on the field, looks like he could run through a brick wall. He, as well, uh, has dealt with his own issues, the quarterback situation, that offense, which isn't exactly dynamic. But I think A.J. Brown owners are looking forward to the future and his possibilities, the kind of fantasy games that he could have moving forward. The guy I chose was Paris Campbell, and of course... We recorded that before Andrew Luck retired and and before Campbell had the setback with his injury. I feel pretty good about him long-term still. In fact, I'm excited about his upside. I'm excited about his short-term upside as well with the T.Y. Hilton injury. Now, depending on what happens at quarterback, how how serious the injury to Jacoby Brissett ends up being, that, that could tamper those expectations. Paris Campbell flashed a little bit in Week 9. We're going to get to him in a little bit. Overall, it feels, guys, like there's like there's a big group of wide receivers that can still make an impact and make a run at this thing. Uh, and maybe Nikhil Harry fits into that, although being inactive his first week back in week nine isn't a good start to becoming the wide receiver rookie of the year. Let's move on to tight end, fellas. This is pretty short list, I would say. There's guys worth talking about for sure, 
But it all starts with those former Iowa tight ends, TJ Hawkinson, who Matt selected as his tight end rookie of the year. Ryan and I went with Noah Fant. Fant, of course, had the big play and really the big game, Ryan, in week nine against the Browns. Um, They've both shown flashes now. Hawkinson, of course, had that huge week one and has had some nice catches, but trouble with drops and loss of focus, I would say. Um, Up and down, no doubt, for these two tight ends. Who are we going to go with for the second half as the guy that's going to make that impact, Ryan? I'm still going with Fant. I think the uh, the trade of Emmanuel Sanders and, and the quarterback change, you know, say say what you will about Brandon Allen uh, and, and his long-term or even short-term prospects. I, I think all of those changes are going to benefit Noah Fant, and he's just going to continue to see more opportunities where in Detroit they've, they've got those two receivers that they're going to just continue to feed the ball to, and, and rightfully so. Um, so it's it feels like a little bit of a lost year for Hawkinson. I know he, he took a hard shot uh, again today. Hope uh, Not actually sure if he was able to stay in the game after that, but he had that, uh, that scary concussion earlier in the season. So hopefully uh, he can stay healthy. Matt, Hawkinson looks like a good long-term prospect and certainly a guy that Dynasty owners uh, want on their rosters. Are you confident in him in the second half of the season, or are you thinking Fant makes the bigger impact? Yeah, I, I don't know about either of these guys, at least for the rest of the season, to be honest with you. Hawkinson, he, he, I don't know if he's getting the, the OG, OJ Howard treatment a little bit in terms of, you know, he's he, they want him to be in their blocking and stuff. Uh, he had one really bad drop today. Still had a decent game today for a tight end, honestly, with uh, three catches for 56 yards. Um, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he's as involved as he should be, especially considering uh, the, the other weapons on an offense after those two top, top two wide receivers. You know, there's nothing at running back now, basically, and nothing really at wide receiver three. So you would think Hawkinson would be a little bit more involved there. So that's a little bit depressing. Noah Fant for me, I, I, I know he had that big play today, but I don't, did you guys watch that play where three Browns, like the, the, the missed tackles, two Browns took each other out on one of the tackles? I don't know. Uh, he's seems like he's great in the straight line I'm probably just nitpicking now but that how he was holding the ball there when he was running I was like this is worse than LaShawn McCoy running with the ball down the sideline this is easily going to be knocked out but he was obviously able to run away from everybody so he's this big athletic freak I don't think he's as good a route runner maybe as we thought coming out of college Um, so I think he's got some developing to do I don't know know why and this is probably you guys tell me I'm crazy. I'm sure you're going to tell me that. But he feels a lot to me right now like we felt about Eric Ebron when he first came out as this athletic freak and somebody that needs some more development and you know going to a team that really wasn't really trying to use him that well. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm less enthusiastic about Fant now than I was when he was drafted. I'll say that, I guess. So you didn't see that as incredible tackle-breaking ability? today from fan. <laughs> uh, those arm yeah. tackles were not going to bring it down anyone let alone uh let alone a big guy 250 pounds six four tight end like Noah Fant you know those are some valid concerns Matt for sure I I get excited watching him in that straight line and, and start thinking about if they would let him run that seam and, and run those like Travis Kelsey routes rather than the two and three yard outs and comebacks and stops on third and one um, where he catches it and is immediately tackled by a linebacker. They're, they're not pressing these linebackers with Noah Fant. It feels to me like 
if they would get him in a little bit better situations. And Ryan, maybe that will come with Emmanuel Sanders now in San Francisco and, and their need for playmakers as pass catchers. I feel like the the future is bright with Noah Fant, no doubt. Although that's taking nothing away from Hawkinson. He needs to start catching touchdowns, though. When, when Stafford puts it in his hand, he's got to squeeze that thing. And he has multiple drop balls, uh, a few of them in the end zone. He could, he could actually be a startable tight end and a guy that we're streaming right now. If he could hold on to the darn ball, it's, it's maddening as a Hawkinson owner, no doubt. As we continue to go throughout these prediction reviews, uh, I wanted to highlight just a couple other things. We talked about in the preseason second-year players to make an impactful jump in ADP. Ryan, you selected Chase Edmonds, who in August ADP was 176 in October, moved up slightly to 162 but certainly will move up in the new November ADP when that comes out. Solid choice there. Matt, you chose James Washington. He was at 125. He's still at 125. So it hasn't been as bad of a dud as maybe that would look. Certainly a lot of dynasty owners out there that are excited about his upside in Pittsburgh. I went with Michael Gallup, who was 127 in ADP and now up to 70 in October. I think that rises throughout the rest of the season as well. Let's move on to the sleepers. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on each of these players uh, that you selected. We we went through and picked sleepers at every position. And I got a little bit of hesitation from you guys for me calling Lamar Jackson a sleeper until I said he has the potential. I think he's a sleeper to be the quarterback one overall. Well, he's the quarterback two through eight weeks at this point. So I'm not taking a victory lap on that one because... Lord knows I hate victory laps, but it feels pretty good to to have Lamar Jackson up there. Matt, you selected Matthew Stafford as your sleeper quarterback, an even better pick than Jackson. He was the quarterback 24 in ADP in Dynasty, and he's putting up quarterback seven numbers right now. You got to feel good about Stafford moving forward. Yeah, I remember getting a lot of crap from you guys about that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I just I just thought that they were going to have to pass a lot more this year than, than we thought they were, even even with Patricia there and wanting to, you know, whatever, run the ball and play defense. Um, and he's finished as a top, t- I don't remember the, the stats that I had from that first show, but he's finished as a top 10 quarterback uh, in all but basically two, two, two seasons. And so I just felt more comfortable with him, you know, closer to that top 10 range than I did all the way down at the bottom end of quarterback two. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm still happy with that. I, I I certainly don't mind him as my second quarterback in a super flex format and a one quarterback league. I mean, he, he's fine there too, obviously. So yeah, I still feel pretty good about that, and he's probably still a buy. Honestly, I think he's probably still in a di- in a di- in terms of dynasty rankings down towards the end of those quarterback two range uh, for most people. So I think he's probably still a value buy, even with his uh, a pretty good season here so far in 2019. I like that as a suggestion, a buy, especially in those super flex leagues, because all of us dynasty owners that play in those leagues are used to seeing Matthew Stafford put up quarterback 22, quarterback 24 type numbers the last couple of seasons. We weren't, most of us weren't anticipating this offensive philosophy change that has happened in Detroit, the deep shots down the field, Galladay running, running free in the secondary, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. doing a lot of the same. Amendola underneath and and it's it's still a surprise to a lot of dynasty owners so he is a value other sleeper picks 
uh, quickly. I had Matt Breda as the running back 47. He's currently putting up running back one numbers, back end running back number one, running back one numbers. I also had Michael Gallup again, uh, just talked about him, currently wide receiver 25. He was going off at wide receiver 54. And Matt, you had Emmanuel Sanders, which at the time, again, I rolled my eyes a little bit. I was so worried about that injury and his age. You were getting him at wide receiver 66 prices in Dynasty. He, through eight weeks, was the wide receiver 36. And after his big game in week nine, is already in the top 30. Feels good to have a guy like that for that that cheaper price tag. Yeah, and I honestly, I didn't expect him to be what he's been for San Francisco so far. So uh, he's far exceeded even my expectations there. I thought he was going to change teams. You know, he'd be a nice, you know, kind of security blanket for Garoppolo because the, the wide receiver core there is, is pretty young uh, and, and experienced. But, you know, they like to spread the ball around so much in that offense that it just seemed like he was going to be another piece and not really the focal point of that passing attack. So uh, very encouraged by what we've seen from Sanders so far. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, they're probably going to draft somebody again in, in, in 2020, I'm sure. But I wouldn't be too surprised if he was productive for us from fantasy even next year as well for for San Francisco. Let's talk a little bit about the players we thought were going to fall out and jump into the top 12 in ADP during the season. I know I just said I don't like victory laps, but this one looks pretty good, guys. Uh, We each took a stab at a different player, players most likely to jump into the top 12. I went with Nick Chubb. He's already the seventh pick in November ADP. Matt, you went with Delvin Cook all the way up to number six now in November ADP. Ryan, you took Tyreek Hill. He's in the top 12 as well at the 110 selection in November ADP. We then went to players who we thought that would drop out. Matt and I, or Matt and Ryan, excuse me, went with David Johnson. I went with Mike Evans. Both dropped out of the top 12 in ADP along with Joe Mixon. Let's talk about these players as a group. Matt, let's start with you. Chubb, Cook, Hill, you confident in these guys staying in that top 12 and maybe even moving up a little bit? Yeah, I'd I, I say the one I'm least confident about is Chubb. Uh just really based on the way the offense look, we've got Kareem Hunt coming back, you know, next, it could be next week even, I think, right? So uh, there's a chance that he cuts into at least his PPR upside there. Dalvin Cook, the concern is always just the injury history. Ryan and I have talked about, and you too, Dan, have talked about that for, uh, you know, basically since he was drafted. Um, but so far, he's healthy, so uh, he looks really good. I, I have a hard time, in, in terms of my running back rankings, you know, getting him much much, much higher, sorry, much lower than running back five or six, you know, overall. So I feel pretty good about him staying in the top 12 as long as, uh, as long as he stays healthy. And then Tyreek Hill, I mean, what he's doing, what he did today with Matt Moore at quarterback. I mean, he's, he's obviously a monster. So, uh, yeah, I think all three of these guys are probably going to stay in that first round. If I had to pick one that might not, not end up there at the end of the season, it'd probably be Chubb. Yeah, I really agree. I mean, looking looking back, sometimes you, you look at these types of predictions and you just wonder what you were thinking. But uh, yeah, maybe we, we can pat ourselves on the back for this one a little bit. It, it almost feels too easy uh, now that we've seen these guys do it for eight or nine games. Um, I, I think I would agree with Matt. Nick Chubb is the one who if one of these three is going to fall, I, I feel like he's probably the most likely candidate. Yeah, I probably would agree with that as well. As far as the guys that dropped out, David Johnson, Mike Evans, 
Joe Mixon. It feels like Evans is probably the most likely to get back in. Um, David Johnson, the injury, the other players playing well in his stead while he's been out. Uh, Doesn't feel like he's going to make that jump into the top 12 again anytime soon. Joe Mixon with that offensive line and that offense and that franchise in general doesn't seem like he'll be adding a whole lot of value as well. Would you guys agree that Evans is the most likely to get in, especially if he continues to put up 40-point fantasy games? Yeah, I mean, we might even see God, both of them in the, in the first round, or at least at least right on the fringe end of the first round, early second round. We might see both of those Tampa receivers there. So, yeah, I, I think you're, you're right there. Dan, we actually have some updated November ADP, and, and it's pretty interesting to note with these three players, David Johnson, Mike Evans, and, and Joe Mixon, uh, I, I kind of expected Evans to creep back into that first-round range. He didn't. He's uh, he is he is 15th overall, uh, so he's close. But uh, his teammate Chris Godwin is ahead of him, 13th overall. Just barely, obviously missed the first round. So those two are right where Matt uh, kind of mentioned they might be, just outside of the first round. The running backs are maybe even more interesting because uh, dynasty owners have obviously hit the panic button really quickly on these two. Joe Mixon is not only out of the first round, he's out of the second round. He's the 27th overall player, according to November ADP. And honestly, I don't um, I, I don't have any problem with that. I could actually see him being lower, uh, looking at a, a few of the names that are right below him. And David Johnson is outside of the third round. He's the 37th overall player. So we're talking about the 4.01 for David Johnson, a guy who was a first rounder just uh, a couple months ago. Wow, those are some eye-opening numbers for sure. I I went to the Trade Finder to look up Joe Mixon to see what people are getting for him. I saw Joe Mixon and Dawson Knox for Mark Walton and Sammy Watkins. That's a painful return on Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon and a second for a first, depending where you expect those picks to land. That's not the kind of return you were getting just a few months ago, a couple months ago, Joe Mixon for a first, a third, and a sixth in a 12-team league. That's kind of an interesting one for sure. So it feels like with the numbers you just said, as far as his value in, in ADP, these trades, to get a first-round pick for Joe Mixon is, might be a stretch at this point. Are you guys selling for any first-round pick at this point? No, in fact, I think I want to buy now. That just based on those trades that you you just listed there, Dan, I, I kind of think the value has gone back the other way now. I think it was a little bit too high, uh, you know, in the off season where it was going, you know, middle of the second round, sometimes early second round. But now, uh, if I can get them for a second and, and another player, I, I don't mind doing that at all. I like the idea of buying too, based on some of those deals you you mentioned there, but. I don't think I'm giving any first rounder for him at this point. Honestly, I just, I just don't see that Bengals team turning things around uh, quickly enough for, for him to matter. And I could see if right now he's, he's what a a low end or I guess a high end uh, third rounder. I mean, we could be adding a handful of these rookie running backs that are going to rank and, and be drafted ahead of him. So yeah, I'm, I'm not giving any first-rounder for him. Yeah, it, he's a he's going to be an interesting guy to talk about throughout the offseason. Two more trades I wanted to mention. Both in the last three days, Joe Mixon and Janu Smith for Cortland Sutton. That's an interesting one. And one 
Matt, you'd have to do this one, right? Joe Mixon for Kiki Cutie and two seconds. Uh, man, that price tag is is real low for Joe Mixon. I think I want Mixon on in every single one of those deals you just listed. It certainly feels that way. Let's talk about busts of the year. We predicted those as well. I selected Antonio Brown. That one worked out pretty good. Matt, you took Zach Ertz. You could call him a bust to this point, although the touchdown he had in Week 9 helped fantasy owners for sure. And Ryan, you took Le'Veon Bell. I think all of these guys could be considered bust to this point, but there there have been quite a few. Baker Mayfield certainly comes to mind. A lot of us were drafting him as a top three or four dynasty quarterback in the offseason. Any others worth mentioning here, Ryan? It feels like it feels like there's a lot of them. Um, Mixon obviously would fit into that category, and of course, many of them are, are due to injuries. Uh, Juju, my guy, Juju Smith-Schuster, we would consider a bust. You know, maybe his is due to Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger's injury, but you know, none none of those excuses help put points in our lineup. So, I think we could call Juju a bust. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's so many. His teammate John, James Conner, I think, would fit into that category as well. There's too many to name, maybe here. Uh, I would, I would add. Brandon Cooks to that list. <laughs> I, I don't think there's been oh, yeah. anyone really more disappointing than him this season. I don't think he's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's had a 100-yard game this season. Now, I, I, I'm personally really concerned about this concussion history. Um, you know, we were ranking him just kind of outside of those wide receiver one uh, area in that like, like, you know, 13 to somewhere in 13 to 16 or 17 range in terms of wide receivers. And uh, I, I don't think he's anywhere near that now. I think Cup is clearly ahead of him. I think, you know, maybe you can say that he's about the same value as Robert Woods, but a little bit more valuable based on age, I guess. But uh, I, I'm really worried about Cooks, uh, not only with his situation in that offense, but also with his health now and these, these concussions that he's having. You mentioned Robert Woods, Matt. I think he could probably qualify yeah. as well. He yeah. he was a third-round startup pick just a couple of months ago before the season kicked off. His owners are certainly disappointed with the stat lines that he's posted. He had the really big game against Tampa Bay where he's targeted 15 times and caught 13 for 164 yards. Outside of that, he's only reached 70 yards one time. And he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year, at least a receiving touchdown. I think he had a rushing touchdown earlier this year. So, you know, certainly a disappointment. You mentioned Cooks, the the long-term ramifications there with the head injuries and stuff. That certainly qualifies as well. I'm worried about Robert Woods. He was one of my guys, a guy I was building around, uh, a guy I had invested in for cheap. I wish I had sold now. That is for sure. Let's talk about – oh, go ahead. As I say, in terms of expectations in the preseason, we didn't even mention Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, as excited as we were when that trade happened and that way that offense was looking, I mean, he's he's been okay, but he has not been Odell Beckham Jr. So, you know, I I, I don't think we're going to really discount his value too much in terms of his of in dynasty, but uh, in terms of 2019, like he has to be up there among the biggest ones. The other one that we glossed over was OJ Howard. That was a that was a massive disappointment for a lot of us as well. Yeah, I think Howard's a good one. I, I just kind of had put in the back of my mind as uh, almost giving up hope for him this season. Those those big names really hurt because of what we spent to get them 
on our team, but some of the some of the cheaper guys that were being projected as as breakout players have disappointed as well. In fact, many of them have Dante Pettis. Uh, you talked about Kiki QT earlier. Both of those guys were not only young wide receivers that you know the dynasty owners were investing in, but the hype was growing. And and even in redraft leagues, they were both going in the you know, in the single digit round, sixth, seventh, eighth round. So there were big expectations for those guys. Uh, Kalen Bellage was a guy that people are starting to think could have a big season for the Dolphins. And of course he's, uh, he squandered that. So yeah, there's, it, it really does feel like there's more bust this year than ever before. You mentioned those role players. One that really affected me this year was that whoever you thought was going to be that second receiver for the Packers, they've disappointed. MVS hasn't done it. He put a bit up a big goose egg in week nine. Geronimo Allison, uh, he's had his opportunities as well. There are other tight ends too. Jared Cook was has been a disappointment to most, at least most weeks. Uh, I'm sure we're glossing over a few more. I don't like talking about the bus. Let's talk about <laughs> fantasy most valuable players. Good predictions here. Matt, you chose Christian McCaffrey. I think you nailed it. We're going to give you two points for that one. I went with Alvin Kamara. The injury set him back. Maybe the injury to Drew Brees set him back as well. We'll see in the second half. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what he does. Ryan, you chose Juju. Injury affected that one as well with Ben Roethlisberger excuse me, Ben Roethlisberger going down. Uh, Three high-end players, guys we all wanted on all of our teams, McCaffrey, Kamara, and Juju. I think we still want all three of these guys for sure. Obviously, McCaffrey is in a league of his own. Kamara, maybe a small notch below that. And when it comes to wide receivers, Juju's still a guy that everybody wants on their teams moving forward. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, it's funny. We we spend all offseason talking about three-year windows and focused on rookie evaluation. And then when the regular season comes, it just becomes a week-to-week game. And, and these players that we love so much for their youth or for their long-term potential, we, we start to give up on. So I think Juju is a, is a great buy low. Uh, I don't know if I want to put him in my lineup the rest of this year, but I certainly want to buy at, at any type of discount. And, and those two running backs, of course, um, no complaints about those. I I think maybe the really interesting conversation is, uh, who should be the 1.01 in a dynasty startup McCaffrey versus Saquon Barkley. Come on, it's McCaffrey. Come on. Did you no, see it's a the conversation worth having for sure? It is. But did you did you see I think it was Roto World tweeted out that McCaffrey is projected to to break the all time fantasy points PPR scoring record held by Ladanian Thompson in two in two thousand six. So uh, if he does that, I think he's definitely the one point oh one guys. Yeah, the one point oh one, the MVP, all those things. And and I guess if he breaks the record, we can probably give you three points, Matt. We also talked about <laughs> Dark Horse MVPs, Ryan, you nailed this one, it feels like to me. You chose Austin Eckler as your Dark Horse MVP, a very solid pick. I went with Lamar Jackson as mine. I feel like that's a pretty good one as well. We'll see how that goes down the stretch. Eckler, though, his value seems to be hinging just a little bit because of the return of Melvin Gordon, of course. If there's a first-half running back MVP, it seems like Eckler is at least in the conversation with McCaffrey. Of course, he's not going to overtake him, but he's he's worthy. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and I mean, I just remember at that point, thinking back to last season, uh, the the type of start Eckler had to um, to the 2018 season. He was a low end RB one, high end RB two for the first couple months, and and of course that was with Gordon on the field and. It seemed like the deeper we got into the off season and preseason, the more questions there were about Gordon and uh, if and when he would return to the field. So Eckler was a guy I was I was trying to invest in. I obviously feel good about that. And I, I mean, the worry at this point is it, it seems like the Chargers really want Gordon to be the guy. They want Gordon to be their every down back and then just sprinkle in. Uh, Eckler and we kind of started to see more and more of that today and uh, for better or worse Gordon is starting to knock the rest off and look more like the guy we remember from the past couple of years yeah he is uh, in the back of my mind I still continue to think that as long as this coaching staff is intact maybe with the exception of the offensive coordinator of course as they made the change in the at midseason it seems like Austin Eckler is probably the leader in the clubhouse to be the guy next year. Now, of course, the draft and free agency could change that. So it, it seems like Austin Eckler is still a guy you want on your team long term. Time will tell, of course. Yeah. How how are we valuing Eckler? I, I, I want to I will admit I was super wrong about him. You know, I, you talked about how he played last season, Ryan. But I mean, most of that was, you know, in I wouldn't want to say Melvin Gordon's shadow, but it seemed like he was more productive when Gordon was also playing. And towards the end of the year, when he started getting uh, more of the work, once Gordon got injured, you know, he became much less efficient and, and his overall numbers kind of suffered a little bit, too. So I kind of factored that into my evaluation of him for 2019, obviously, when when this year when when Gord was gone he exploded and even uh when when Gord was first back he was outplaying him I think you could even argue that he outplayed him today to be honest with you uh, despite those two touchdowns from Gordon so uh I'm excited about him but how are what are we are you what are you paying for him I mean are you going to pay a, a first round pick for Austin Eckler I just it, feel, it just doesn't feel great to do that so I honestly don't know what to do with him I guess he's a hold I guess he probably would be a hold because I'm not paying a first round for him a first round pick for him either and if I already have him, which which I'm fortunate enough to in in many leagues, I don't expect others to give me a first rounder for him. If they did, I would take it uh, in most cases. Um, so so yeah, I think he's he's the definition of a hold right now. I would I would gladly give a second rounder for him, but don't expect uh, to acquire him at that cost. Not surprisingly, there aren't a lot of Austin Eckler trades out there, at least in the last week or week and a half. Austin Eckler straight up for Corey Davis. That's an interesting one, no doubt. Austin Eckler for Damian Williams in a first. That one you'd be selling Eckler for, I imagine. And most recently, probably a doable trade in a lot of leagues. Austin Eckler for James White in a fourth. That seems like a like a jump from one pass catching running back to another. It's a it's a tough situation to be in for sure. I guess I I, I always lean towards next year him having the chance without Gordon in place to grab hold of that job. Of course, the draft will change that, like I said earlier. Uh, I have Eckler in a few places. I think you said it best there, Matt. He's uh, he's a hold. Unfortunately for us guys, there were a couple of not-so-good picks in our preseason uh, prediction episode. I mentioned that I picked Justice Hill as my rookie running back of the year. Ouch, Matt, you take you took... Chris Thompson is your sleeper running back. 
Ryan, you had Dante Moncrief as your sleeper wide receiver. He was cut. Those are all pretty rough. Probably not as bad as me choosing Marlon Mack as the player I want to get off my dynasty roster. He's been really good. Certainly not as bad as Ryan. You choosing Aaron Jones as the guy you wanted to get off your team. Uh, He's creeping up towards the first round of startups, I have to imagine. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at remember. that, Ryan. That's perfect. That's good. I like that. We're going to make yeah, a few no, more second no. half predictions at the end of the show. But let's talk quickly about some of these weekly buys and sells and some of the ads that we had in the first half, guys. Uh, I'm just going to spit these out towards you guys, and we can talk about them as a group. Some of the buys, Melvin Gordon in week one by Ryan. Matt, you also had him in week five. Dante Pettis in week one and seven by myself. I picked OJ Howard in week four. Matt, you picked him as well in week two. That seems a little more risky now. Kiki Cutie was a pick, Matt, in week four. And Jamison Crowder, Matt, you had him as a buy in week five. So as a whole, this group, Matt, you had a bunch of these. I, I kind of picked the handpicked these as, as guys that were good talking points, guys we wanted to talk about. How do you feel about this group? And is there a guy you're you're really excited about buying in this in this I guess five sum of fantasy football assets? You know, no one has hurt me more this uh, this season than Dante Pettis and, and Kiki Cutie. I think I have a, a, an avatar bet with somebody. I don't remember. It might be Jake Anderson about Dante Pettis and finishing as a wide receiver three, at least a wide receiver three in 2019. That's not going to happen. Uh, but that said, I still I mean, I, I, I don't even know what you would have to pay for these guys at this point. Can you get them for a late third round pick? Can you get them for a fourth round pick? Either of these guys, I'm, I'm happy to still spend that kind of capital on. But I, I guess I'm not super excited about it. Uh, Crowder, I still like for the rest of this season. I think he, you know, most of the, most of the buy, I think last season we talked about the Jets offense in general as a buy, uh, this week against Miami, we thought was going to be kind of a coming out party for these guys. And it, it, other than Crowder, nothing really happened there. Uh, Darnold, you know, we were so excited about him after that Dallas game. Uh, then he's been basically wrecked since then. They still have this exciting second half of the season, but you know if they can, if they're going to play like this against the Dolphins, which we are assuming is the worst, the absolute worst team in the NFL, then maybe they're just as bad as the rest of those teams, and we shouldn't be excited about them just based on the schedule. So uh, I'm still buying Pettis and QT. I, I would buy Howard depending on the price. Um, Gordon, I, I don't know. I think he's probably still going to cost a little bit more than I want to to pay at this point. I think he's still going to cost you a first round pick and. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe if it's uh, like if I think it's going to be the one eleven or one twelve, maybe. But I don't think I would pay anything higher than that for him. Ryan, I wanted to talk to you specifically about Gordon because you had him in Week One as a buy, but with his impending free agency only a few months away, what are you willing to pay for him, if anything? Yeah, I still like him as a buy. I guess I guess my regret on having him as a Week One buy would only be that his price came down so much. Uh, over those next couple of weeks that he uh, continued to sit out and and we saw uh, we saw Eckler playing so well and I think it can probably be argued that even when Gordon came back his price continued to drop when we saw him struggle so uh, I, I do still like him as a buy I agree with Matt the the price just due to name value is is probably too high and especially um, as as disappointing as he has been. Uh, since he came back, he he is scoring touchdowns. He had two today. He had uh, he had one last week, and of course he had a couple chances there at the goal line against 
against the Titans. So he, he's still getting the opportunity, and I, I think his, his value is probably going up at this point, which could take him off this list. Uh, I, I don't think I'm paying a first-rounder for Gordon, but I'm, I'm probably not paying a first-rounder for too many running backs at this point. Yeah, I, th- I think the list is littered with guys that you're going to find owners everywhere that are on both sides of the fence. Uh, I picked Pettis as a buy twice this year. I regret it, really, especially after the Emmanuel Sanders trade. And, and you know, it fe- felt like his usage was picking up. I thought he was going to have that big second half. That doesn't seem like it's going to be the case. Um, don't necessarily know that I'm selling him either, uh, even after the touchdown catch in Week 9 on Thursday Night Football against the Cardinals, it feels like selling extra low, and that's not something I want to do. Let's talk about some of the sells. Another list of players, guys. Uh, Some really stick out in this group. John Ross in week one, that seems like, uh, with the most recent injury, that was a a good choice, Matt. Hopefully people did sell. Other names on this, Corey Davis by Ryan in week two. Gardner Minshew I chose in week three. Leonard Fournette was on this list as a sell in week four by Matt. Delvin Cook, you picked him, Ryan, in week three. Adam Thielen's been on it a couple times, Ryan, in week one. Myself, I picked him in week five. Aaron Jones in week five, Ryan. That's a fun one to talk about. James Conner, Ryan, you chose in week five as well. And then Chris Godwin as a sell in week six, Matt. If Dynasty owners out there sold Chris Godwin in week six, six, they were certainly selling high as he's had a couple of down games since then. How do we feel about this list as a whole, Matt? Yeah, I mean, some 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 good ones, some bad ones. Fournette sticks out as a pretty bad one for me. I mean, he hasn't got the, the touchdowns haven't really come from him, but he's he's looked a, a lot better than uh, he has in the past. He's actually stayed healthy, which was always kind of one of the biggest concerns with him. Same same thing can be said about Cook, obviously uh godwin yeah i mean i i guess i still feel okay with the sell i think that was a high point but you know he's still like ryan said i think you said he's wide receiver 13 something like that in adp something somewhere around there um so he's 13 overall 13 overall yeah i mean i guess if you held past week six then you probably could even get more at this point um and i don't know if i would i don't know if i'd still call him a sell i mean you certainly can get a nice price tag for him if you're looking to diversify a little bit, pick up some picks or, or, or what have you, or maybe move into another position. Uh, but he seems like he's going to be there to stay. I guess it's hard to say if, if you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Winston. He has a good game. He has a bad game. He has a good game. You know, who knows if they, they, they decide to keep him as their quarterback going forward. And if that changes, then, you know, it could be a worse situation depending on who they, who they put in in that place. But um I don't know. I guess it's I guess it's tough to say that they're gonna they're, that both Evans and Godwin are gonna sustain this level of production uh, as as a, as a duo. Uh, it, it didn't happen with hasn't happened with Diggs and Thielen this year. So it, and it generally doesn't happen when two of these guys from the same team are, are elite producers. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It doesn't feel like I would really want to sell them at this point. So um, yeah, Ryan, you had guys like Delvin Cook in Week Three. Aaron Jones in week five, James Conner in week five. How do we feel about these guys as sells? Uh, generally, I, I still feel fine with all of those, honestly. Um, the If you'll remember, the Dalvin Cook caveat in week three was sell him if you can get one of those top four running backs being Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, or Zeke. Um, I would still feel fine uh, at that point if I was able to flip him for one of those guys, uh, even though he's... 
he's outproduced uh, basically all of them except for McCaffrey since then. Uh, I I do think he's he's knocking on the door of of making that top four a a top five running back tier. But um, if I flipped him for one of those guys, then still feel fine with that. James Conner, I I don't have any you know any regret with that pick at all. Um, he's had a couple good games since then, but he's also had uh, had another injury. Uh, in fact, I, I think I saw a list that uh, in nearly every game he's played this year, he has left the game for uh, at least some time period with a minor injury or or in, in some cases a more serious injury as we've seen recently. So I would be would have been glad to to get off James Conner at that point. And then Aaron Jones is is the interesting one probably for me because I've always had doubts about his usage, about his you know, just long-term viability, I guess, in that offense. Some of those questions in preseason where I had listed him as <clears throat> as the player I wanted to, to move off my roster had to do with, with the coaching staff, the changes there, and, and just how they would use him. I, I do, I feel like those have been answered for the most part. It I, I seems like the current coaching staff trust him more than uh, M- McCarthy and the previous coaching staff did, so that's good news. But I really feel like he's just taken advantage of some ideal situations with Adams being out, with Jamal Williams being out. And when everybody's healthy, I don't think he's, you know, I think he's a 55-45 split type of guy in the backfield. And, and he's certainly not going to see the targets like he did when when Devontae Adams was missing time. So, um, again, kind of similar to to one of the other players I talked about. The only regret with suggesting selling him in week five is that his his value has gone up since then. So you'd have a better sell-high opportunity. In fact, his ADP has skyrocketed. He is the 16th overall player, uh, not running back 16, but 16th overall player in Dynasty ADP right now. He's ahead of Leonard Fournette somehow. He's ahead of a lot of the wide receivers we like, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup. He's ahead of Josh Jacobs, which I kind of think is crazy. Yeah, that one's crazy. I would take Jones over Fournette, though. If somebody sent me that trade, I'd, I'd take Jones for Fournette, for sure. Me too. Um, I didn't want to insinuate that that I thought they were bad choices, for sure, Ryan. They're, they're interesting ones, though, for sure. I think there's a case to be made for all those guys to be sold. And, and Aaron Jones, for those of you that want to sell high on players, sell high, buy low. I think this is an opportune moment um, it, it does seem like it's going to be difficult for him to continue to move up. There's been times where Jones makes us feel like he's got that Kamara thing a little bit. So that's the only hesitation I have about, about whether or not to sell, sell Jones that maybe he hasn't even hit that ceiling if he continues to get the workload. As we saw on Sunday, however, though, uh, Williams continues to be part of that offense as well. So he is sharing that backfield, at least to some extent. Sorry, just to add a little bit to that, Jones uh, in that November ADP is the RB7. So you've got the you've got the big four at the top, and then Cook and Chubb as mid-first rounders, and then Jones is the next guy on that list. Ooh, it feels like we could have let, do like 30 minutes on Aaron Jones and his value alone, but we need to move on. Before we do that, though, I do have to mention, Matt, you chose Chase Edmonds as a buy the week before he broke out. Uh, so if somebody were to buy him that week and get him for as cheap as, as he was really go- going for, which, Matt, I think you did, and then sell him after the big game, man, that was a big score. 
Yeah, I I did. I bought them for two fourths, I believe, the week before the breakout. But I did not. I did not sell. Oh, you time, weren't able to. Move. I know we were talking about it time. in our chat, yeah. but oh, it's too bad. Let's I let's tried. quickly I got go through some second half predictions, guys. We're we're let's quickly go through some sec, second half predictions, guys. We're we're kind of running up against it here. Uh, biggest second half impact by position. Could be a stud that gets hot. Could be a player that outperforms his current ADP or his current value. Uh, let's start with quarterbacks. I'm taking Kyler Murray. I was thinking about taking Sam Darnold on this one. I really like the schedule. Um, if he can't do it against Miami, and that was a certainly a down performance, a lot of us expected more. He's probably not going to be able to do it down the stretch against other defenses. Murray, on the other hand, has a game at Tampa Bay, has the Rams and Pittsburgh and Cleveland and at Seattle, all defenses that can be passed on Murray. If he continues to put the ball in the end zone, as he has in the last couple weeks, he could have a big second half. I don't, I don't know how viable he is right now because everybody knows his upside. Nonetheless, Matt, who's your selection? I don't know. I have time to, to really get into this. I, I missed the, missed the week when you, when I, when Ryan, you called me out on, on buying Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'll just say real quick. I still think he's a buy despite today's disappointing game. Uh, the, one of the biggest reasons for that is, you know, we, we, you know, maybe five or six years ago, we were talking about Brady retiring and Breeze retiring. And I just think that if we go ahead and get, get out on Aaron, uh, on Aaron Rodgers right now, then we could be passing up on another five years of, you know, of quarterback one production here. So uh, I still want to buy him in Superflex. Uh, if you buy him right now after today's terrible game, then you probably get a better price than you were after I was recommending buying him. So uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is still an elite asset in Superflex leagues. Ryan, your choice? I went with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo here. This could definitely be a case of recency bias, but we see them. Uh, we see the 49ers make the trade uh, for Emmanuel Sanders, and uh, Garoppolo has played much better uh, in the couple games since then. So um, I really feel like he could kind of uh, start to – to be a consistent fantasy starter for us, something that he's he's not done prior or earlier this season. So um, Grappolo would be my choice here. Let's move on to running back. I took Alvin Kamara and kind of like what I was talking about with Lamar Jackson being the uh, sleeper in the preseason. Kamara is my second half MVP candidate. I think obviously most of us value him as a top three or four player in Dynasty. I think he has a good chance or as good a chance as anybody to outperform anybody else. Love the idea of Drew Brees coming back and getting into that offense, him being a bigger part of that offense in the passing game. And I just love watching that guy make tacklers miss. So I'm going to take Kamara as my second half prediction for impact running back. Matt, who do you have? I went with Kareem Hunt uh, just because he's coming back from suspension. You know, they've they've tried a few of these pass catching backs behind Nick Chubb, D- Dontrell Hilliard, and Ernest Johnson, and these guys. Um, they haven't really worked out, and I think we know that Kareem Hunt is good. There's also the narrative that they, you know, they, they signed him basically to showcase him to to kind of turn around and recoup some value. So uh, I do think he's going to get work in the second half of the season, maybe to the detriment of, of, of Chubb, maybe not, but I think he is going to be impactful at least for the Browns, and I think he's probably going to be at least at least a flex play in, in fantasy week, uh, leagues in, in, in most weeks. Team Chubb. Uh, Ryan, who do you have? <laughs> I went with Devin Singletary. I mentioned him earlier in the uh, rookie running back conversation. And, yeah, the the past two weeks he's definitely taken over that backfield. We know that's a team. Uh, whether whether they want to or not, they're going to have success on the ground and, and 
through their running offense uh, rather than their pass offense. So Singletary just seems like a, like a screaming buy to me in Dynasty right now, even though his price is going up. Yeah, that price continues to go up. At wide receiver, I had Michael Gallup. I've already talked a little bit about him. Love the idea of him playing second fiddle in that offense, second target, uh, at least behind uh, Cooper on the other side, taking that number one coverage. I know Zeke's going to get his as well, but Gallup, man, he, he looks really good. Matt, who do we have here at wide receiver? I took the kill Harry activated this weekend. Um, you know, the, the Patriots wide receiver group, it, it doesn't look great. Now Josh Gordon is gone. They've got, of course, Edelman, uh, Jacoby Myers. Uh, they traded for Muhammad Sanu. None of these guys, Philip Dorsett, I guess is a deep threat, but none of these guys can really do what Nikhil Harry does. He's got the size. Uh, I think he can be impactful down the stretch here for the Patriots. If they decide to incorporate him in the passing game, Ryan. Yeah. Really. I really, uh, I really hope Matt is right with that one. I would, I like that call. Uh, I went a, a little higher than you guys. I went with Kenny Galladay, who, of course, is already having a big season. But we've seen the injuries to, to the the backfield in Detroit. Carry on Johnson, of course, uh, namely. But this is just not going to be a team that's going to be able to succeed running the ball. Uh, they they actually have been competitive all year and, and are still in the playoff hunt at this point uh, in the middle of the season. So I just feel like Stafford and Galladay are basically going to be the guys that they have to rely on to win games. And I think Galladay ends up easily as a wide receiver one this year. Yeah. I like that pick as well. At tight end, I went with Hunter Henry as my guy. He was jumped in October ADP by guys like Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson and OJ Howard, even Darren Waller, Austin Hooper, uh, Henry has shown his two true stripes as long as he's healthy in that offense with the Chargers. He's going to make big things happen. Um, if you can get any kind of discount still, which is probably doubtful, uh, I, I want it. Hunter Henry looks like a, a power at tight end for us going forward again as long as he's on the field. Matt, who do you got? I took another rookie coming off of IR, uh, Jay Sternberger for the Packers. It's clear they need a second weapon behind Devontae Adams. Uh, Jimmy Graham at this point is basically a catch-and-fall-down kind of guy. I guess still a threat in the red zone uh, in terms of touchdowns. Uh, but like you said earlier, Dan, none of these secondary wide receivers are stepping up. Sternberger uh, uh, led the, I think, led the led college football in, in, in receptions or reception yardage after reception, something like that. He, he led in a major category. Uh, so I, I think that he could, he could come on. I know tight ends struggle their rookie season, but uh, they are desperate for a secondary target there in that offense. So I think Sternberger could have a role. I like that pick. I hope you're right about that. He's a target for me in trades. Ryan? finish things off here who's your tight end yep i went with gerald everett um had a slow week last week and of course the rams were on by in week nine so a little bit out of mind of dynasty owners maybe but over the past month he has been the tight end six uh with brandon cooks like likely out for a few games at least i think everett can continue to be uh, a, a weekly starter at tight end uh in fantasy leagues and uh, really a guy who could end up end the season by being valued as a top 10 dynasty tight end our last quick 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 topic we did super bowl picks in the preseason i took the saints over the chiefs i'm sticking with mine matt you took the chiefs over the eagles one sentence you sticking with it no (laughs) okay 
you could have had a comma and then finished the sentence. No, I'll go with. I, I didn't know I was allowed to talk more. Yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are still going to be in there. I don't think the Eagles are going to be. And I, if Patrick Mahomes comes back healthy, I think the Chiefs are probably still the favorite. Uh, but in the NFC, I would I would have said the Packers before today. But, uh, you know, somebody like the Saints probably are going to be in there. So uh, I'll go the opposite of you and say the Chiefs over the Saints. Ryan, you had the Texans over the Saints. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not not really sure how we all chose to ignore the Patriots. Maybe just wishful thinking and hope, hoping for a different type of matchup. But I think at this point, uh, it has to be the Patriots over the Saints. So I'll mm. I'll pivot to that one. All right, Sorry. good pivot indeed, a safe one. And Breeze against Brady, that'd be a lot of fun. We're way over time, guys. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again. Next.